Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. One of the classic Bible stories of all time is the story of Moses and the burning bush. But within the details of this great story, if we're given the proper keys, marvelous light and genuine divine revelation is available for any child of God with an open heart and seeking spirit. And joining us for discussion of these portions today, once again, is Francis Ball. Francis, it really is a joy to be able to bring these incredible messages to the hungry people of God, isn't it? Certainly is. It's a very marvelous privilege to be able to see these things opened up for more and more of God's people. Francis, uh, we're in chapter 3 today in Exodus, particularly a story that I think is well known to a lot of people. Before we go on, I'm going to read a a verse just to kind of set the stage, particularly. This is verse 2 in chapter 3 of Exodus. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, and the him there is Moses, in a blazing fire from the midst of a thorn bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. A well-known passage, but as we mentioned in the introduction, Francis, the riches are really in the details, aren't they here? That's certainly true. Without getting the details, we're going to miss a great deal in this message. And this message brings out the details as they've never been brought out before. If you're reading along with us today, many of the popular translations translate that word bush, but some of the better translations are more correct in their rendering of this thorn bush. And we're going to see the matter of the thorn is a very important item to our message today. Let's join Witness Lee. Moses, as God's call when, was there in the eyes of God as a thorn bush. I don't believe anyone as a human being on this earth, would uh, love a sunbush. None of us would prefer to have a sunbush in their uh, garden. Uh, so, in good sense, the Colwyn, like Moses, was just such a rejected one, a sunbush. Yet, the uh, sight or the uh, sign showed uh, that the glory of God as fire there was burning upon this rejected one. He was rejected by man, but he was surely, in a good sense, accepted by God. God came to him and uh, dwelt upon him, and it was burning there. That was Moses. Yet, we all have to realize a kind of a sign like this in the Bible, in principle, always not only uh, denotes the individual, but also it denotes a corporate body. 
and God's corporate people was just the children of Israel. And Moses didn't stay separately from the children of Israel. He was just a part. You see, a bush uh, somewhat indicates a kind of corporate thing. He considered them some bush. He had the sensation that he was just a son bush. And he also considered all the children of Israel son bush. Yet, hallelujah, the blessing God was dwelling in the son bush. If God would never or could never dwell in the son bush, we all are through. Beside the son boy, what can you be? You may say, I can be a gentleman. Well, you can be, but a son bush gentleman. <laughs> you say, I can be a doctor. Yes, a son bush doctor. A son doctor. <laughs> you are Moses, and I am Moses. We all are today's Moses. Individually speaking, yet corporate speaking, we are the corporate. Some bush, and this corporate some bush is just today's church. Uh, Deuteronomy 33 says, God dwelt in the some bush. Without Deuteronomy 33, we couldn't realize well the fire was burning upon the some bush. That was God dwelling there. Yes? By that time, from God's point of view, in Deuteronomy 33, Moses was a man of God. But in his own sensation, he was just a thorn bush. He had the sensation that he was just a thorn bush. And he also considered all the children of Israel thorn bush. Yet, hallelujah, the blessing God was dwelling in the sun bush. If God would never or could never dwell in the sun bush, we all are through. Francis, we mentioned in the introduction today that the bush that Moses saw the flame in was a thorn bush. And as we mentioned, some of the translations render it that way. Others just say bush. But this indicates that this was a bush that was rejected by men. Witness Lee also pointed out that the bush represents both something individual and something corporate. Develop what we've just heard about these two aspects of this burning bush. It's a wonderful fact that Moses, who was the one who saw this burning bush, uh, must have realized that bush represented him, a thorn bush. But whether he did or not, we can at least see now that this is the case, that that burning bush was a thorn bush. And I think it's very important we see that this uh, translation of this word is uh, important in this case because thorn is something mentioned already in the Bible that we'll see later on. And to know this thorn bush was being consumed by fire was a real indication that this man, who was rejected by men, he was really the, uh, the one who had the fire of God in him. We'll see also as we go on that this is not just 
an individual bush, but this bush represents the whole corporate people of God. Along with Moses is all the children of Israel that are represented by this thorn bush, which has a burning in it. Also, this represents to us the corporate people today. Not only we individuals are like Moses, but we also corporately as the church are represented by that burning bush. We are thorn bushes, and we have the glory of God burning in us. Well, Francis, in our portion coming up, we're going to be treated, I would say, to vintage Witness Lee in his ability to pull together seemingly unrelated passages of Scripture to portray something that is incredibly profound. Listen as he points us to three passages, Exodus 3, Genesis 3, and Galatians 3. Here again is Witness Lee. I would call your full attention to these two chapters. I, I can tell you, I never got to know any uh, reader, any teacher of the Bible did put uh, Exodus 3 with Genesis 3. Uh-huh. But there is a connection. You see, uh, in Exodus 3, you have the sword as a bush burning there. And where the sword came? Then you have to go back to Genesis 3. The sword came from the curse due to sin. Sin came in and the curse followed. And the sword actually in Genesis 3 was a symbol of a fallen man under curse. This is the sword. The sword in Genesis 3 was a sign of what? Of a sinful man. A sinner under curse. But now, in Exodus 3, this son now is no more under curse. So you do have a linking point. The linking point is the thorn. Thorn there was a curse. But thorn here became a vessel. Number one. And number two... The Bible, first time, mentions the flame of fire in Genesis 3. In Genesis 3, because sin came in and curse followed, then what? Then the flame of fire came in. And these three things are there. Sin came in, curse came in, then the flame of fire came in. Sin brought in curse. And curse, I tell you, you may say, brought in the flame of fire. And the flame of fire there was not visiting the cursed sinners, but was there extruding the cursed sinners from what? From the tree of life, from the source of life. That is God. You read Genesis 3. If you only have that much in the Bible, I tell you, we are hopeless. But we do know between Exodus 3 and Genesis 3, or from Genesis 3 to Exodus 3, we know in the Bible something was revealed positively. And that something was a lamb killed and offered to God for us. And that lamb just became our redemption. Through redemption, the curse was taken away. Here, 
I must point out to you, you have to spend some time to read Galatians chapter 3. I tell you, all the Bible books, chapters, verses, all are not so superficial, not so easy to read. You believe me. Don't think you understand the black letters and the white paper. Then you understand it. No. Galatians 3, 13 says, the curse was born by Christ. It means was taken away. right? Then verse 14, fallingly, tells us that the spirit of promise was given. I tell you, this spirit was what? Was the flame of fire. In Galatians 3, the curse was taken away and the fire was given. In Galatians 3, you couldn't see that the promised spirit given was a fire. But if you read Acts chapter 2, when the spirit was poured down, was poured out, I tell you, the sign, the symbol there was what? Was a fire. The tongues of fire. Then in the tongues of the spirit. And the Lord Jesus even predicted this. In Luke 12, right? The Lord Jesus predicted that he came to cut the fire upon this earth. What was that? Just the spirit. And the Pentecost, he came just as fire. Visiting. The excluding flame became the visiting flame. Amen. Now, hallelujah. In Exodus, you could see what? You could see the thorn and the flame became one. In Genesis 3, the thorn was excluded by the flaming affair. But in Exodus 3, the two became one. The sun became the vessel, and the flame of fire became not only the burning one, but the visiting one. Well, Francis, I hope that we have time today to get this matter properly across to our listeners, because it is really tremendous. But it does take a little focus, so help us to understand again the connection or linkage that we're seeing here between these three chapters in Exodus 3, Genesis 3, and Galatians chapter 3. Well, I was kind of anticipating uh, this passage when I answered your first question, and I realized that to mention the word thorn in connection with the bush and seeing that it is the more accurate translation takes us back to Genesis chapter 3, because after the fall of Adam, and I would say the fall of mankind in Adam, the thorns and thistles are mentioned. That means that the thorns are a result of the curse that came on man that caused him to be uh, put out of the garden. The fire is also mentioned in that passage. So you have the thorn bush, or you have the thorns in Genesis chapter 3, and you have the fire in Genesis chapter 3. And the fire is there as God's holiness to put man out of the Garden of Eden because now he's not able to take the tree of life as God intended at the beginning resulting from his fall. So the thorns and the fire are both here. And in Exodus chapter 3, you also have these two things, the thorn bush and the fire. And the thorn bush there is not consumed. That means that God doesn't eliminate the human being, but he does put a fire in him. And this fire is dwelling in this man, Moses. 
And this fire is also in God's corporate people. I would say the difference between uh, the real church of God that's trying to follow what God wants to accomplish on this earth and many, many Christians who are doing things for God but not with that goal in view, the thing they lack is this fire burning in them. They may be very good. They may be a good thorn bush even. But God's purpose is to put himself into man, and this is what's shown in Exodus chapter 3. Then also, because this is seeing the fallen man still being a place for God to come into, is also brought out in Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3 shows us that Christ became the curse. He took the thorns for us. He became the curse, and he delivered us out of the curse. So he has borne that curse on our behalf and delivered us from the curse of the law so that now we can have the fire of God burning in us. So in all three of these passages, you have the thorn as a result of the fall and the curse and the fire, which is God himself, in every case. Now God has poured himself out to be the burning fire in the New Testament age in God's people. One of the things that Witness Lee pointed out that I thought also that was worth mentioning, and I'll just mention it to you now, is this significant element, this significant factor that took place between Genesis 3 and Exodus 3 was the matter of redemption. So that not only does the Lord not eliminate the thorn bush, it now becomes the place of his dwelling. That's incredible. That is very important uh, addition, too, to see this matter of redemption, which was necessary because of the curse. Let me mention one other stray thought, Francis, and if that's all it is, feel free to point it out. But I noticed about Galatians that the crown that the Lord was forced to wear on his way to the cross to accomplish our redemption was a crown of thorns. Right. He bore the thorns for us. Francis, we mentioned at the beginning of the program that there are a couple of aspects to the thorn bush, one individual and one corporate. There's also the aspect of transformation seen, and that's where we're going in our final portion. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. Some of you young saints may check with me. Brother, how could you prove to us Moses was transformed? In the Old Testament, especially in Moses' book, there was not such a word. Transformed. Yeah, there was not such a word, but there was such effect. Why? Because Deuteronomy 33, verse 1 says, He became a man of God. Until that becoming... That becoming was the transformation. If he was not transformed, how could Moses, that natural, become a man, a man of God? Moses stayed there on the mountaintop 40 days, and eventually he came down. I tell you, his face was shining. I tell you, the flame of fire, you see, burned into him. He was just like a piece of steel, you know, a piece of steel in the fire. After half an hour, the steel shines with the fire. Why? Because the fire burns into the very essence of the steel. Moses was there on the mountaintop, under God burning, until God's glory was burned into Moses, into his essence. So when he came down 
I tell you, his face was shining. Wasn't that transformation? A bright piece of steel and stayed in the fire for half an hour. It became what? Red, bright, burning, shining. What was that? That was transformation. That was transformation. The element of fire was burned into the element of the steel. That was transformation. Francis, we've talked about transformation several times in the life study of the Bible in the previous books that we've covered. But this picture today of the cold, hard steel being placed in the fire, to me, is one of the most graphic and helpful types of transformation. How does what we see through the account of Moses link with this physical picture of steel taking on the element of the fire? You know, I think this really points, first of all, to the fact that Moses was on the mountain for 40 days. And he was there in the presence of God, and God was infusing himself into Moses to such an extent of infusion and constituting him with his own divine being that when he came down from that mountain, his face was shining and caused all the people to be concerned about the shining of Moses' face. And uh, where did that shining come from? It came from God's nature, God's holy being, being infused into Moses for those 40 days. Now, this is a strange thing to see in the Old Testament because we don't see the word transforming and transformation in Moses' writings. But we do have this fact that he was there in the presence of God for all this time, and he was being infused with God. God speaking was infusing God himself into him. So he was shining. And then the illustration that Brother Lee uses here is the one of steel being put into a hot fire, burned until it glows. And this is a very good illustration of transformation. We have heard many times on this program the matters of transformation. And this is an aspect of salvation that many people are not that aware of. They don't realize that transformation is not just changing our habit, changing our way, making us a good-looking thorn bush. But it's a matter of God infusing this holy fire into our being so that we become not consumed, but we become transformed with the fire of God in us. I think we'd all like to have that fire in us. This comes out mainly, I would say, for us in the day of Pentecost, because there you have also the tongues of fire. It's fire that makes the difference between us being an untransformed believer and a transformed believer. We have to be in the presence of God. We have to be infused by God. We have to be reconstituted with God's nature and his life so that we become actually God-men. This is transformation, and this is God's goal, not only individually, but corporately. God wants this fire burning in his church to transform it to be a dwelling place for God so that he can be at home in these burning bushes. I really appreciated your pointing out that the key element or the key factor related to Moses' experience of transformation was the fact that he spent 40 days concentrated in the presence of God. This is the key to transformation, isn't it? That's really the key. We have to spend time in God's presence with God speaking. 
Francis, I don't have adjectives to properly describe this life study message today. I know that we've had just a little bit of time to touch some very significant, very meaningful, and it's not too much to say, very profound points in Scripture. So join me in just recommending to our listeners that this is a message, and actually this whole series in Exodus at this point is marvelous. We just encourage our listeners, if you're intrigued and attracted by this ministry from a book such as Exodus, please get these life study messages. They're too wonderful. I surely join you in that admonition for all the people who want to really see the depths of this portion and see the practical implications of this portion. Get this life study message. These are no longer just simple Bible stories. They are rich in every way. We have a lot more of Exodus before us. Altogether, Witness League gave something like 180 messages in the book of Exodus. Uh, We will touch uh, most of those before we're done. Today for Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his Life Study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witnessly speaking in just 26 minutes. But to get the complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.